Hail Fitness Podcast, also our uh, nutrition Q&A, so we record this and we'll put it out later mm -hmm. because you guys say really interesting shit every time we do it. <laughs> so, so my name is Coach Jay, I am here with Coach Wendy and Coach Katie. Yeah. Yeah, so we have the entire nutrition crew mm -hmm. here today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and we've got RD on the call, and RD has a long list of questions. Um, I know because uh, because I can see just the inquis inquisitive look <laughs> on their face. <laughs> so, uh, so RD, we're going to start with your question. If you have a question, if not, we have a whole bunch of stuff that we're going to talk about today. I don't know. I don't think that I have anything in particular. Surprisingly, the 800 gram challenge has been going like super well. Yay. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just perfect and I know everything. So, <laughs> Ari says they have no questions. 800 gram challenge, they're killing it. Um, okay. We also just had our nutrition meeting. So, oh, lot, everything's everything. Yeah, a nailed. lot of things solved. Yep, but, yeah. All right. Okay. So, you're just going to chime in then if you have questions about the stuff that we're talking about. I was listening to a, um, podcast recently with have you guys ever heard of dr lane norton no right okay have you heard of andrew huberman yes yes so andrew huberman does this uh podcast it's like three three hours yes so he's like the stanford neuroscientist he focuses on um he focuses on like the visual system and you know he's he's one of the people that says like you should get outside and get like 10 minutes of sunlight whatever anyway so he's interviewing this nutrition expert he's basically like a phd in nutrition who has uh he's also a bodybuilder who has coached a bunch of bodybuilders on nutrition and this guy basically spends his entire life like looking at studies and just figuring out like what is real and what is not real. Mm -hmm. Really super interesting information about like just kind of what diets work and what diets don't work mm -hmm. um, and kind of based by, you know, backed by science. So um, the coming from like a clinical perspective, guess which diet works the best? Well, so for the goal of losing weight? Yeah, for the goal of losing weight. So I have, I mean, my cheeky answer would be like not dieting. <laughs> okay, so if your goal is to lose weight, what method do you think works the best? Eat whole foods is what I would say. Yeah, just cut processed food, I want to say. Yeah, so low okay. carb, no processed. Yeah, yeah. So interestingly, his conclusion is really similar it is a trick question. The answer is they all work, mm -hmm. right? But it really comes down to his his conclusion, and is obviously still an ongoing thing. His conclusion is that it's really more about behavior yeah. than it is about the actual substance of what you eat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he his approach is everything you do could potentially work, right? For every goal. And so this is something like he was saying, even like if you're a vegan and you want to be a bodybuilder, you can make it work. Yeah. Right. So everything could work for every goal. But what he found was that processed foods tend to make people overeat. And I'm glad you mentioned that because the one study I wanted to bring up today was they did a controlled study where they found they um, controlled nutrition studies are a little bit funky mm -hmm. because you have to actually give people all the food. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to pay attention to everything they eat. So they took this group of people, they kept them for six weeks, and for the first six weeks, they gave them access to Whole Foods, right? Actually, they kept them for 12 weeks. First six weeks, they gave them access to Whole Foods, 
over that six weeks, a lot of people ended up losing weight, right? Then they brought them back for a separate six weeks and they gave them only access to processed foods. And on average, every person ate 500 more calories per day. Mm -hmm. So they all gained weight Mm -hmm. at the end of the thing. And it was like super interesting. It's not about the food. It's about your, what it does to your sort of hunger signals, right? And so eating processed food tends to make you more, want to eat more food. Mm -hmm. The thing you found that that I thought was really interesting is it actually had nothing to do with how much sugar was in the food. Mm -hmm. It was like, you tend to think like sugar or seed oils or whatever. It's just this sort of combination of the sugar, the oils, the sort of crunchiness of the food. Processed food is designed to make you want to eat more of it. Mm-hmm. And so on average, like think about 500 calories per day. Mm-hmm. That's like you're going to put on a lot of weight really fast if yeah. you do that. Yeah. And so that's he was saying, like, basically, if you want to lose weight, then you have to watch how much processed food you're eating, yeah. right? Stuff that comes from a box well, or whatever. that's the thing with processed food. It's like once you have one, you can't really stop. You have to, you're going to continue to eat more and more and more. It's like yeah. you got to peas, but you're not going to stop there. Yeah. You're going to have more. Yeah. So, and that's the problem, I think, with processed food and mm-hmm. to have that control. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I totally, I, I see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually highlighted this in one of our questions. What is the bliss point and how it's used to keep you addicted to certain mm-hmm. foods? Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you done any research on this bliss point? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, um, we were just funny, like RD and I were just talking a little bit about this. Like Michael Moss writes about this a lot in his book. Yeah. Hooked. But, um, but yeah, say more about the bliss point. Cause yeah. So basically, um, I think it was somewhere around like the turn of the century. Yeah. Um, they, uh, food manufacturers, because the supply was always like a, a, a challenge, food manufacturers are going like, how can I make more profit, mm-hmm. right? And they found that if they added sugar and okay. salt in a certain combination to food, that they that people would buy more of the food. And so, or, you know, they would consume more of it. And they're like, okay, great. We want to sell more of this food. Mm-hmm. And so they started playing around with sugar, salt, oil, fat, all this stuff. And... Um, I think it was some advertiser or something like that that came up with this idea of bliss point. Mm -hmm. And it was like Mm -hmm. the higher, like, um, the more palatable a food is, the more people want to eat it, the higher the bliss point. Uh Right. And so, uh, so this is an index of how much you want to consume of a certain food. Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really a marketing tool to, to get you to buy more food. Yeah. (laughs) I remember feeling like the really insidious thing about all this was that the same companies who were doing that also recognized that the cons- as a consequence, people are gaining weight. And then yep. they also started selling the solution to gain to mm-hmm. yep. weight loss. Like it's the same companies who are selling you the Nabisco cookies are the, exactly the same ones that are selling you the boost shakes and the slim fast. I think slim fast was the very first one. It was like, I can't remember what was Nestle, but it was a mm-hmm. company that was basically already making yep. food that was helping people gain a lot of weight. Yeah. And then it was like, well, great, we can capitalize on this. Yeah. It's like very insidious how that industry is, is really just woven on our own lack of information around healthy eating. And then they sell us a solution and they're also selling us a problem. Yeah. It's very, um, yeah. It's almost like, um, for me, I feel like it's a political, like it's a, you know, like I'm making a political stand by not eating Mm -hmm. pizza (laughs) because I don't want to be controlled by these corporations that are like trying to get me to eat more food. But that's actually what happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the highest bliss point food is pizza. Oh, mm. we should guess. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's super interesting. So, um, okay. So the, the highest, there's actually, uh, there's actually a little chart here that okay. I can. We should quiz our, is RD the only one on this call right now? Yeah, I think so. I wonder if <laughs> RD would be able to guess the top. <laughs> the, that the, would be fine. It's pizza. All right. So, <laughs> they go, it's pizza. <laughs> okay, yeah. the number two, RD. All right, what's the, what's the num- what do you what do you think the number, number two, two bliss point food is? Think about the food that like you would want. <laughs> burrito. All right, I don't know. I don't chocolate, know. candy. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate was number two. Yeah. So what that means is that if you eat a slice of pizza, yeah. it's there's the highest chance that you'll want another slice of pizza, right? And if you eat a piece of chocolate, that's that is you know the, it's the highest chance that you would want Chocolate's a piece so of chocolate, yeah. another piece of chocolate. Yeah, so good. it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so uh, we got pizza, chocolate, chips, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, cookies, yep. and ice cream. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking ice cream. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of thoughts around this, but I think if you know going into eating a food like pizza or chocolate or chips, that your ability, your willpower, your discipline around taking more than one bite or one slice is reduced dramatically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want to say that you don't have control. Because that, you know, that takes away from your, you know, personal, what is that word? Agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, if you have the option of pizza versus whatever, like a, like a chicken or, you know, a steak or something, a steak is going to be like, you're going to have a few bites of steak and you're not going to want to eat a whole nother steak. Mm-hmm. You're not going to overstuff yourself mm-hmm. on steak. But if you have that pizza, it's more likely you'll have one or two more pieces than you would, mm-hmm. than you, than is actually good for your particular nutrition goals. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually really good to know that stuff because I think what happens is we look at a pizza and it's like, wait, I just bought a large pizza and now there is one third of the pizza left. How did that happen? There's nobody yeah. else around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you feel all this like shame about it. Right. Yeah. Fun fact, I have eaten a large pizza by myself. Nice. Yeah. 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 I think I was with you. This was no, this is when I was like twelve years old. (laughs) And I had a good stomach to hold that at large pizza. It wasn't too bad. I was able to do it. Yeah. I mean, my five-year-old can eat a large pizza by himself. Oh yeah, I've seen it. (laughs) Tiger. Yeah. 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 I think what's difficult about all of this is that really this isn't stuff that people don't already know or like intuit, right? Yeah. Like people know. If they buy the bag of Tostitos corn chips, the chances of it lasting a full week are slim to none. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right? Uh, Maybe that's just me. But I think the challenging piece then becomes, so then what? Do you never have pizza again? Do you, like, right? Like, I think the then what question is the interesting one. Yeah. Well, I think it's just like anything else, right? Okay. Think about, if you thought about pizza the same way you thought about alcohol yeah right or maybe even like a harder drug yeah right like the same way you thought about ecstasy right it's like you take ecstasy you feel amazing yeah and then you have this crash and you start to go well maybe this isn't a good long-term plan for me to take a bunch of ecstasy (sighs) right 
Like this is not something I want to take every day. Mm-hmm. Right. But we think of pizza as just the same thing as a steak. Uh-huh. And it's actually more like uh-huh. alcohol or ecstasy uh-huh. because you can eat one, eat two, you're going to want more and more. Maybe mm-hmm. ecstasy is a bad example. Maybe it's more like cocaine, mm-hmm. right? Because you keep wanting to have cocaine. Mm-hmm. So, so I hear, I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. But like that, that yeah. that's the thing is like you would never, I mean, well, depending on who you are, like if you, you don't say like, I'm never going to have alcohol yeah. again unless right. you've had, you know, a major problem with it. Uh-huh. But you also don't have it three, three, four, five nights a week. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, and that's, <laughs> like, mm. I don't, <laughs> right? But you, you have to create some rules around it because yeah. you know it's potentially dangerous. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't think people know how dangerous pizza or chips or those kind of things can be yeah. to your long-term health. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Yeah. Especially for someone who wants to work out, you know, until they're 80 years old, right? Yeah. And they never want to be in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Those certain foods won't won't do anything to your body, any good to your body. As yeah. a matter of fact, they'll do they'll damage your body for intaking too much of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of more so looking long term, like okay, maybe if I have it, if I have this one pizza this weekend, right? Yeah. Try to go back to whatever it is that you were doing. Yeah. But I'm not a big whole like let's let's go cold turkey because at some point you will have those things and it's just yeah. not long term. But what I tend to tell my clients is like. If you're looking to stay fit, like as, as long as you can and yeah. not be in a wheelchair, lift weights and all that stuff, then yeah, those, those sort of, if you're eating too much of those processed food, they, it will hurt you. You yeah. won't be able to yeah. do all those things, right? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean you have to cut them. You just have to swatch out how much you're having. So interestingly, what, what Lane said was the biggest problem with processed food was that it makes you want more. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's less nutritional value in like you know uh, chocolate or maybe not chocolate but like a chocolate chip cookie mm-hmm. than there would be in you know you eating a potato or a steak or something like that but that's not actually the biggest problem mm-hmm. the biggest problem is that it makes you want to eat more right so if you are trying to maintain a certain weight and you're not trying to gain weight mm-hmm. then that kind of stuff is not going to help you with that goal right. if you're trying to gain weight which my five year old is definitely right. doing. Yeah. He probably needs pizza. Yeah. Like honestly, if I only gave him steak or whatever, like uh-huh. you know, he's probably not going to grow as quickly right. as his body's demands right. yeah. have. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like I'm not too dogmatic about yeah. like, oh, my kids can't have this stuff. Right, right, right. Right. It's just I don't want to develop them to develop bad habits. Right. Yeah. I think one of the challenges like, okay, with that with that strategy is like we are actually, RD and I were just talking about this earlier too. It's like some people, that's actually the only food that they know. There's actually a lot of people who grow up mm-hmm. not eating anything but processed foods. Yeah. It's yep. cheaper, right? That's right? what they're yeah. cheaper. It's what their parents mm-hmm. have given them. That's mm-hmm. that's the only thing that they know. And so yep. I think one thing that gets challenging is that we can ask them to change X, Y, or Z. But I think until they actually make those changes or until – until there's some switch there where there's actually an ability to figure out like for themselves, eating all this stuff makes me feel X way. Eating a bunch of whole foods makes me feel Mm -hmm. this other way until like there's a level of intrinsic motivation there of like, okay, I'm choosing to eat this food because I want to feel this way. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's really hard to sustain, right? Mm-hmm. So they're almost like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's almost like it's actually one thing that's made me appreciate this 800 gram challenge so much is like RD's reaction has been similar to like other clients in my own, like working through this is that like it's so valuable just to feel what all these different kind of nutritious foods mm-hmm. actually do for your mm-hmm. body because then it becomes easier to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, I, I always believe what you, what you just said, that certain foods are going to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. But that's only because, like, I'm only going to eat so many apples, uh-huh. right? <laughs> like, and I'll, I can, I can like try to eat all the apples in, we have like five or six apples in here. I could try to eat all the apples in here and I'll probably only get like two or three yeah. of them. Right. And that's really only like, what, two, 300 calories maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus one piece of pizza is like 500 calories and I could eat a whole pizza. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not actually the food in every case. It's, it's the quantity of the food Mm -hmm. that you are then wanting to eat. Cause you could like legitimately, you could have one piece of pizza and you will not feel terrible unless you have some sort of like real intolerance, Mm -hmm. right? We could all have a piece of pizza today and we'd be okay. Mm -hmm. I feel personally attacked by this conversation. (laughs) 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 Right. And so that's the part that's interesting. Like I like to, you know, we, we talked about the, uh, we talk about the elephant and the rider, right? And it's like, if you give you know, your, your, your body, this hyper palatable food, you're going to want more of it. Right. And the writer saying, no, stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But the elephant's going to go where it's going to go. But I mean, I want to say like, essentially it has to come from the person. Like I, we can talk about it all day long. Right. But as long as that person, like it clicks, right. Like I want to make a change, then that's the hard part. Like Katie said it, and I've seen it all the time, even myself. Like sometimes I, I have a hard time when there's, because our members brings cookies all the time here. So I have a hard time. Like I look at that cookie and it's just like, <laughs> and I give, I have given in like a few times in that cookie just because I have a really bad sweet tooth. <laughs> oh. But there's, you know, it's just, I have the cookie. The next day I feel guilty. I'm like, I shouldn't have done that because I know that I'm going to feel crap or blah, blah, blah. So then like the next time when I see the cookies there, I just have, I had half of the cookie. I mean, I still feel so, a little guilty, but not too okay, much. Okay, okay. This this is great what you're just describing because what I'm trying to say here is it's okay for you to have a cookie. It is, yes. Right? The problem is not you having a cookie. No. The problem is that cookie will make you want 10 cookies. And wait, and you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Either avoid the cookie completely mm-hmm. so that you don't have this desire to have 10 mm-hmm. or stop yourself at one. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying personally, it's harder to stop yourself at one that's for me. Mm. And this is everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, some people it's like, great, I'll just have one. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, cool. Yeah. Right. For me, it's like, oh, I'm like, we're having cookies. Yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> I stopped stalking in complete sentence. <laughs> 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 no, that's how I feel. Right? Uh, yeah. But, but the thing is what, what, what this kind of tells me is the problem is not that I don't have discipline. And that's the thing that I always thought is like, oh, I don't have the discipline. I can't control myself around this thing. And yeah, okay. So some people, it's just like they have a cookie. It doesn't mean the same thing that it means to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the food is designed to make me want more of it. It's actually designed for that. Mm -hmm. Like cocaine Mm -hmm. (laughs) is designed to to make you want more of it. (laughs) Right? 
<laughs> well, I mean, cocaine yeah. stimulates dopamine. Mm-hmm. And then you have a crash, and then you want that dopamine again, so you take some more cocaine. That's why people, like, they're just doing tons of it Mm -hmm. at a time, right? A cookie is the same way. It stimulates dopamine. That's the bliss point. And then you have a crash, and then it makes you want more of it, right? Versus, like, you eat an apple, it's not going to stimulate you in the same way. The bliss point is a lot lower on the apple. So it's just like, oh, I'll eat a few, and then I've had enough to eat versus like, I'm just going to, I'm going to have that extra one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, the study is basically saying like people will eat 500 more calories per day if they have processed food that has that sort of higher bliss point than if they have unprocessed food. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with your discipline or, you know, how you feel about it. It's, it's designed. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that, I, and, I, and I agree with you. Like, I feel like that does kind of allow a little bit of room for self-compassion when we feel like, Oh yeah. man, why is it so hard for me to resist X, Y, or Z? Right? Like, yeah. well, actually, it was exactly what it was designed to do. Like, all right. And and here's the thing about like if you want to lose weight, you you really only have two options. Okay, it just comes down to this: either you have to have some sort of rules around the quantity of food you eat. Right. Which is what you're talking about. Like, hey, I can have one cookie Mm -hmm. and you log it. You keep track of it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So or you have to have some sort of rules about the foods you do and don't eat. And as a result, you cut out foods that make you overeat. So you end up eating amount of calories that helps you actually lose weight. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, it's like one of those those two things. There's maybe some drugs or something that you can take that will help (laughs) with that. But ultimately, like this is why every diet can work. Like anything you do can work if you restrict the amount of calories that you are consuming. You with me? Right. Do you not agree? No, I <laughs> I, it's, it's, I completely agree. I have like a visceral response to rules. Yeah. Um, because I, I actually think it's like strong rules yeah. and like this feeling of scarcity that typically will cause like, all right, the one cookie turns into 10 because I feel like I've now broken my rules. So now I'm going to have a fuck it mentality. I'm going to have 10 of them. Yeah. And so I do think that like there, but I I hear what you're saying around there's basically like the quantity you can control quantity or you can control quality and quality is like de facto controlling Mm -hmm. quantity. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're only going to eat so many calories of, of, um, of apples. But I do often think that like, um, rules like strong restrictive rules that have zero latitude um, actually are part of the problem more than they are part of the solution. So this is what he was saying is like basically once he's done all these studies and yeah. measured all of the stuff and yeah. you know he continues to do that, he recognizes that psychology yeah. and how you think about it is just as important, if not more important than the biology. Oh and my it's just gosh. like I mean ultimately it's like what you define as rules could be what Wendy defines as like, I just do meal prep. Exactly. Right. And it, but it's just, but if you like for me, I'm fine with rules. Yeah. If I put rules on you, you're just like, yeah, I'm eating all the cookies. I'm going to break the rules. <laughs> yes, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. What to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's, so you have to like, what is the way of thinking about it? That's yeah. actually going to make it work for you. Yeah. And that's why you need a coach. Yeah. There's right. a super interesting study about this that looked at, um, looked at health metrics as a consequence of perceived, um, like where someone thought they should be in terms of weight or fat 
and yep. where they were. And it was actually the bigger, um, the bigger, the perceived gap actually was correlated more to health outcomes than where they actually fell. Does that make sense? Hmm. Mm. That is so just speaking really of like the psychological aspect mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. Um, oftentimes like the stress of, and, and actually there's like a really interesting studies that look at this in economics as well. It's like if you are a poor person living in a rich neighborhood and that feeling of like, I'm around a lot of other people who have a lot more than me, mm-hmm. typically the health, health outcomes tend to be worse. Mm. The stress and that like feeling of mm-hmm. it, maybe mm. it's discrimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually so similar. So if I'm in a big body and I'm in, living in a world where the only messages I see is small bodies belong, yeah. the message that I'm getting is my body doesn't belong. Yeah. And so there's actually much, much more in like, yeah, almost like worse outcomes that come from that feeling of like yeah. stress and marginalization that yeah. come from actually being that size. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is where I think the really the, the studies that when you, you talk about these studies, it's really hard to control any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think the work that you both do with clients is just as valid as these quote unquote controlled studies, mm-hmm. because it really, what you're doing is more around the psychology yeah. Of like, you know, we have a, a few people going through the 800 gram challenge right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's great about that is you're actually, if what it feels like you're doing is adding food oh, yeah. to your diet. The truth is you're cutting calories by adding foods that are dense, you know, calorically, mm-hmm. or I guess less dense calorically, yeah. but you know, dense, dense nutritionally. nutritionally. Yeah. yeah. And then that makes you less hungry for the foods that are mm-hmm. more c- calorically dense. Yeah. yeah. Th- this is one other thing that we talked about, like, um, he was citing another study. I'll have to pull it up where he said, obese people, when they go on a diet, they have better outcomes if they lose weight quickly. Mm. So if they lose, if they lose weight, if even if it's water weight, if they lose five or 10 pounds in the Mm. first week or two, then they're more likely to stick with the diet long-term. And the reason for that is like, just like anything else, if you get a quick win, Mm -hmm. then you're motivated to continue. Mm -hmm. Even though really from a biological perspective, it doesn't matter. But it's just like, and this is, he, he has a really interesting approach to this because he's like a bodybuilder, right? If you, he, he basically, you're going to totally disagree with I this. I know. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> my schedule and <laughs> he, radar he, is going off so hard, but it's fine, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So he was saying that when he starts working with people, you know, he'll do a bunch of tests and ask a bunch of questions. And he says, well... If the person, you know, hasn't had like a history of disorders or whatever, then he puts them on a very, very restrictive diet for two weeks. And the reason for that is because it take he in his coaching, he found that it takes the same amount of discipline to do a little bit of work as it is to do a lot of work. But the long term outcomes are better if you get quick wins, then you're more likely to stick with something in the long term. So after that really strict two weeks, then he dials it way back and focuses on long-term sustainable stuff. Mm-hmm. But now you're motivated to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know you, I, both of you are looking at me with this look like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about any of that. <laughs> I think, but the caveat that he added, and I think the caveat that you add is like, is playing a big role, which is if the person does not have a history of yeah. disordered eating. And I yeah. think that's like a big if when 
50% of the people out yeah. there have histories. Well, so I think gotta, of the, like, you know. You got to ask the questions. Yeah. This is why yeah, none yeah. of this stuff is right. one size fits all, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that's one of the beauty of, one of the beautiful parts of like coaching and individual design, the stuff that we do is that like you work with a client and every single one has a different background, a different relationship mm-hmm. to their body. And so really does need a different approach Yeah, um, that you're not going to get if you're just like shuffling through the internet looking for answers, right? You're going to yeah. get a million answers suited to a million different people that may have worked for different people, but it's mm-hmm. like, hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, the other thing he's talking about psychology, you're also going to hate this. He's like, <laughs> he's like, um, you know, your weight fluctuates. Like if you weigh yourself on a certain day, a certain time of the month, your weight will fluctuate for no reason related to your diet, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times people get discouraged if they weigh themselves on a sporadic basis and they happen to hit one of those days. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I weighed, you know, whatever, 100 pounds, 150 pounds, you know, on Tuesday. And then I weighed myself the next Tuesday and I weigh 153 pounds, Right. And it's like, this thing isn't working. But if you had weighed yourself every day, you would find that on average, maybe you're averaging 148. And that day, for some reason, you retained a bunch of water. And this is this is just based on my own sort of personal experience. Like if you actually average what you do across a week, then you do find whether you're going in the right direction. But Mm -hmm. if you do it sporadically, it can be off. And we've seen this with like scans. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So the idea is you can't put too much emphasis on what it says on a given day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. And I like actually hundred percent agree with you that like, if you're going to measure, like it is better to just, it kind of helps depersonalize it and you, mm-hmm. you get a little bit more accustomed to treating these numbers as data Yeah. up to like, and I think this is where like psychologically it's just going to vary from person to person is like, is, is the very act of weighing yourself each day, which is saying that this is something that is, it's the first thing I'm doing in my day. And so in some ways, like subconsciously, am I saying that this is the most important thing about me? I think that is like, that's the area where it gets a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's data and it's the very first thing that you're doing every day. Like, Well, you could say it, it might be the most important target, most important thing that I'm focusing on right now. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a, I mean, there's a lot of ways to kind of look at that. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's kind of like, it's about the psychology, mm-hmm. right? This is why you have to kind of make that. This is why nothing will work for everybody, mm-hmm. yep. you know, like, it, so you that's have to nice, like ad- to adjust it to each person. Mm-hmm. I think this is why it's so frustrating for people mm-hmm. because they just find something on the internet. They're like, I'll try this thing. And, and you know what? It might work for a short time, but then it doesn't work for a long time. And so then they're frustrated and then they start to feel this kind of way. Like you actually have to have somebody that has seen this stuff to guide you through it. Or you have to be like, okay, I'm going to be doing some sort of experiment like this for like the next 10 years. (laughs) Because that's the only way you can depersonalize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. I want to shift shift gears just a little bit because I had a couple other things on my list here today. So kind of talking about like awareness and... uh, and sort of measurement. So you've been taking photos of yourself every day, right? Uh, not so. I stopped doing it every day, but okay. for the I want to say for the past five months, I did. Okay. Yeah. So so tell so tell us a little more about why why you were doing that. What was the goal? Like what what were you what were you trying to do? And then like what what ended up happening? Yeah. So this happened um, when I started to tr- train 
you know, back to normal before yeah. baby. Yeah. And um, started to notice that my Lulus were not fitting. <laughs> and I mean, at that point, I wasn't, you know, on any any plan. I wasn't tracking. I wasn't doing anything as much, you know, just, just eating yeah. whenever, whenever yeah. I wanted to. Um, but I I really love my Lulu pants. So I was like, I don't want to <laughs> buy a new one because, one, they're really expensive. <laughs> so so and they're actually, you know, I don't want to give them away. So I was like, okay, I just want to feel better in my pants again. Yep. Um, so I started tracking again. Um, also, I was also just checking to just make sure my diastasis was also going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, because that's something that you kind of have to look out for after, you know, going back to training after baby. Yeah. So just making sure that um, core was still working okay and they wasn't doing anything funky. Um, so... And then I started kind of just tracking my macros. I started tracking my macros. And then I was also doing like a weigh-in every day. Mm. So the weigh-in was just the pictures. I wasn't weighing myself on the scale. Yeah. But I was just taking pictures with my pants that I wanted to feel good again. Feel good again. Right. So the actual pants that you were like, these well, are feeling, they were, fitting they tight? Were multiple pants. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were not just one. They were multiple pants. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just started taking pictures as, as a measurement for myself. So no scale, no scan, just, it was just those pants that I wanted to fit back in. Right. Did you, did it work? Oh yeah, it did. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm wearing them. I don't know if you noticed, but I've been wearing my loose. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have been able yeah. to know. They're all the same. <laughs> yeah. But it just started to, oh man, I really miss, you know, wearing my workout pants because it's something I do every day. So it just didn't feel like myself or I feel a little self, I mean, I, I have, had my um my insecurities after baby right as i was recovering from birth from childbirth so and then um i have a thing that i like to match when i work out like i like i like to have some good outfits for my workouts right and also when i work here so just a thing that i have and it's just a me thing and it was a little sad that i wasn't able to wear them when i started to get back into my workout routine coaching some more they were just sat in the closet looking at me. So <laughs> I, um, I wanted to. So what, what made you decide that like, p- this was basically to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Yeah. What made you decide uh, on pictures versus like, you know, just tracking or mm-hmm. weighing yourself? Like what was, mm-hmm. what was significant about that? Well, cause one, I can see if they were fitting better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and like the weight for me, is not a thing. Like I don't really care about my weight. Yeah. Um, it's more so like how, Number one is how I perform in my workouts and how I feel in my workouts. Um, and two is just, do they fit better? Do they fit? Right. Cause at that point they weren't, they weren't fitting at all. Right. So I was able to physically see that they were fitting and I was able to compare them. Right. So you were looking back on the oh, yeah, photos I as was well from like, you know, day one to like day 20. Right. So, and it's actually kind of rewarding to see it too versus, I mean, numbers are great. Don't get me wrong. Like data is, it's great. But I think for me, I love to see, like, just like seeing, I think it's even like a more rewarding thing, just like a PR, right? You're trying to work for a muscle up, you work your ass off for like a year. And when you finally get it, it's like, I worked, I worked so hard for one year and now I get, yeah. now I have it. It's oh, like, and if you've got video footage, you can put the whole, yeah, the whole Rocky montage. Exactly. You know, like and that. I actually did that when I was, um, Keep trying to get my muscle up. I would record myself every day or whenever I would practice. Mm. And I like, absolutely like, I, that was like just a pat in my back. Like I, I was so proud about that. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And, and I think, I think what you're, the reason I wanted to kind of highlight that, like, okay, actually one more question. Why did you stop? Well, I, I stopped because I, 
so I, you know, my pants were fitting fine now. Like I, I wear them or whatever. But now I'm more so my goals have changed. Mm. So my goals is to beat you on that bet that we have you and David. So mm. my goals are more so performance versus like, you know, feeling physically good in my pants or whatever. Yeah. So my goals have shifted. So now it's like a whole different plan, right, that I'm going for. Love it. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I love that. Like, basically, it just comes down to awareness. Mm-hmm. And for you, that was how you wanted to sort of measure that awareness. Is yeah. like, how does it, you know, over time, what mm-hmm. does that look like? Mm-hmm. I, that, I love that. And like you said, right, um, there, especially as, as women here, um, we have that time of the month, right, where you are extremely bloated and you gain like five pounds. So it's like, you know, you let's just say that I were to weigh myself that week. Oh, man, my pants fit like tight again. Like, oh, no, I'm going backwards. Right. So it's like you have like more data, I guess. And then it's just like every day. I think it's it's more of a eye opener for me and yeah. more also motivating to to continue. Um but yeah, that's why I was able, I was doing it every day. Mm, now yeah. I, I kind of went, like I stopped doing it just because. Yeah, but your, your goal has, has changed. Yeah, exactly. My yeah. goal has changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I think when it comes down to it, like we're talking about the psychology of this mm-hmm. so much. It's like in order for you to make a change, you have to have awareness of where you are yeah. and where you want to go. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you know, taking the photos every day is, is that, is that level of awareness for you? You could have mm-hmm. just put those pants away, yeah you know, yeah. and, and wore some other pants, but you just decided, okay, this is the line for me. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it could be that they, you know, their line is that they add, they gain 50 pounds, right? right? It could be any number of things, mm-hmm. but at a certain point you're like, Hmm, I'm not. I'm not happy with what I'm seeing here. I'm going to bring some awareness mm-hmm. around this. And these aren't pictures that you're sharing with anyone. This is just just for you to mm-hmm. to. I don't to think I've aware. told anyone. No it's real you're, yet. You're, <laughs> I think um, I think you're the only person I, sh- I, 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 I told. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Just, we can cut this out. <laughs> I know. No, no. Like that's, that's come to you, right? It was more personal for me that I was doing yeah. it, right? Not to you know just because the bounce back, right, or whatever, after having baby. But it was more so me personally that I wanted to have this thing for me. Yeah. Because um, it's also really hard to, after having a baby and not, because now you have to focus not just on you, but now you have another human you have to take care of. And it's, you know, most of your day is just, it's all, it's all baby, right? Yeah. So I slowly started to see that I was doing less for me and more baby and I can like tell that I was just not happy with myself. And then that's why I started to start with that, right? Like, let me, let me feel good in my pants again. And mm. let me do that for myself, for me right now, right? Yeah. So then, you know, now that I've, I have a little bit more time and I kind of figured out a routine with baby, me working out, work, um, I'm able to focus on the new goal, which is my performance, right? The thing that we have going on, the bet thing going yeah. on. Yeah. But um, that's also another reason too why I I wanted to do it because it was more so per- it was very personal for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I didn't share it with anyone. Just you. <laughs> but that's great. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> about it. I was like, ah, I did tell you one. Uh, I, I, you, you said when you told me, oh, I, you know, I, if you want, we can talk about this. You did say that. Did I say that? Yeah. Oh, maybe so, I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, actually, I'm glad you described it that way because you had a point where you're just like, you know what? I'm just not happy with what's happening here. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I want to kind of like dig in here 
it is okay to be dissatisfied, <laughs> right? Like it is okay to be dissatisfied with how you look, how you feel, or how you perform, mm-hmm. right? What I think is important is acknowledging that and then deciding, do I want to do something about this right. or not? Right. Right. And it's like, if you decide you want to do something about it, then you go and do the thing, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. If you decide you don't want to do something about mm-hmm. it, then you let go mm-hmm. of that desire. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where most people, they just like, oh, I feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. And then it just keeps coming up over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, and then, and then you start beating yourself up like, why haven't I done anything? This yeah. has been years that I yeah. felt this way. Yeah. Right. And I think it's really important, like when stuff like that comes up for you to kind of acknowledge it and recognize it and then make a decision. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this or Mm -hmm. not, Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just shame. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it just, you know, you're beating yourself up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting, like, (sighs) I think that's such an important point is like, is giving yourself permission to feel dissatisfied. Yeah. And I think like one of the things I know I work with folks a lot is like, how do we hold these two things in our hands at once? That is a paradox, which is like, I am okay. And I accept the spot that I'm at right now. And I have the desire to improve myself or get better. Mm-hmm. Right. Oftentimes feel like people feel like they have to hate themselves in order to push mm-hmm. themselves to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, but truthfully, like you can hold acceptance for your own body, even if it's not genuine, like love or even like, satisfaction but you can hold acceptance for it mm-hmm. and also hold the desire to want to improve and get better mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting that i used to um i thought a lot about like body dissatisfaction and i used to work with a used to work with a guys who were just out of prison they're prison survivors and so um we used to help them with green job skills so they get a job on the market but the point was and one thing that i found was super interesting was of course a lot of them were brown and black and they all almost universally took personal responsibility for the fact that they were in mm-hmm. prison, right? Mm. And they really put it on themselves. Like, man, I have this up and this up and this up and I should have made a different mm-hmm. choice and X, Y, and Z. A lot of them held that. Whereas like zoom out and there's a bigger context at play, right? A history of racism, discrimination, Jim Crow laws, mm-hmm. things that were like, oh, you're actually targeted, mm. right? And so it's like there's, there's bigger things at play too where it's like there's this interesting tug between personal responsibility and also the bigger context of the world that we live in. Mm. And I think like that's something that can help when you're feeling that body's dissatisfaction too. Like sure, maybe there's an element of personal responsibility to that and there's also the context within the world that we live in, which is like we have certain cultural norms around how bodies should look. And they're based in very interesting history that if we had another podcast, we could get into, right? Why we think certain bodies, mm-hmm. you know, look mm-hmm. better or are mm-hmm. superior. But I think like having some sense of like, what is genuine dissatisfaction with how I'm feeling in my body and what is coming from this external context about the messages that I'm getting about what my body should look mm-hmm. like or be able to do. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Although I, I struggle with one aspect of this. And I think, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it actually connects back to this idea of, you know, eating the pizza or not eating the pizza, mm-hmm. right? It's like the food is designed to make you want to eat more of it. Mm-hmm. That is outside of your control, mm-hmm. right? You have to take responsibility for how you approach that Absolutely. food. Yeah. Now, if you, if you, once you accept 
and realize and recognize that the food is designed to make you want to eat more of it, well, that makes the choice a little bit different, yeah, right? It's, it's just power. like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And so, you know, this idea of like systemic, like society creating this situation mm-hmm. where, you know, black people are more likely to go to prison mm-hmm. or, you know, even be overweight. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, recognizing that mm-hmm. is helpful in helping you make the next decision. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I've always struggled with mm-hmm. around this and everything else, you know, related to race is when people don't take personal Mm -hmm. responsibility for their situation Mm -hmm. as crappy as it might Mm be right i think wherever you are you have to take personal responsibility for where you are and where you want to go and you know what your situation probably sucks a lot more than other people's situation Mm -hmm. however there are other people out there that have it a lot worse Mm -hmm. and so the only thing that serves you is to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. what you want Mm -hmm. or what you don't want Mm -hmm. hey society says i should look this way Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling a certain way about it. Mm-hmm. Do I want to look that way? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not willing to do the work or you know make the sacrifice to look that way because this is something that has been put on me and I don't accept it. Mm-hmm. And just say no, mm-hmm. rather than like letting it continue to wear you down. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, that awareness where it's just like, I feel this way. Something is making me feel this way or contributing to me feeling this way. Now, where can I take my own personal mm-hmm. responsibility? Mm-hmm. Right. And this is, this is the thing. Like if people don't get this, there's nothing we can do to help them. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't actually accept that you're responsible for everything that you do from this moment going forward, mm-hmm. we can't help them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how bad they had it. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah. And I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That like at the end of the day, like you could ask the question, like, what does it, what does it matter? Yeah. Right. Like, so, and I think that is always the natural next question is like, so what? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your life was so horrible so, and all these things led to this. Who cares? What do you want tomorrow? Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> right? that the, the power comes from you choosing your story. Yep. Right. And it's about like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Okay. It's very powerful mm-hmm. to feel like, um, here is the context with it, like that I am growing up, that I'm living this life in, and I can choose one yeah. way or the other. Um, yeah. Versus yeah. fitting into some other narrative, right? Yeah. Because like people are plenty happy to like, yeah, give you a narrative to fit into. Right? Absolutely. There's you know literally billions of inputs every second, and you only interpret the ones that serve your story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you get to choose that, I you know, I, I choose to recognize that the sun came out. So it's a lovely day and the sun is shining on me and I'm super happy today versus like, Oh, it rained earlier and I'm so cold. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like you, you know, you, you can choose that narrative. So mm-hmm. anyways, we can go on to this one. We can go down this rabbit hole for another hour. Cause I have very strong opinions about this. Um, I know. I'm still here. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is like this has is this the... prompted any like feelings or thoughts or questions for you um so one thing that did come to mind is uh, uh like we were talking about this earlier too with like the idea of uh pro- like pro- okay. uh mass-produced food causes you to like want to eat more there's an excellent podcast called maintenance phase which is very much like anti-diet and they go into like basically all of the like food and health scams that we have been fed. Um, Highly recommend it. It's super fun. Maintenance days? 
maintenance maintenance phase maintenance phase oh cute awesome thanks yeah 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 this is a fascinating world i think to um to get into for sure whole other whole other (laughs) side the economic capitalist side of it yeah another podcast okay great i didn't hear any of that so i'll just assume it was something extremely compelling and we'll get some more headphones for next week (laughs) thanks rd all right um well I think this was I think this was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 We actually had I actually had a couple more things that I wanted to talk about. We'll bump those out, uh for the next one. But uh thank you all for joining me today and uh thank you RD for joining yes, us as you. well. Mm-hmm. If you have questions that uh, you want us to answer or other philosophical discussions <laughs> that we can get into, I would love to get into that. <laughs> Let's talk about the meaning of life and how we're all going to die and all that stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. That's my favorite topic. Artie's not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? Have you seen what I wear? There's so much gold. That's fine. I can talk for it. Let's talk about death. Artie says, let's Artie, talk about let's death. Talk about death. Artie's yes. different. Great. Let's do it. If it's just you and me next week, I can talk for an hour, hour about that. All right. Fantastic. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you all awesome. next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.